Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the cartoons that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my cartoon companion, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this episode, we are looking back at Dexter's Laboratory. Uh, one of my favourites, I'll be honest. I don't know how it's taken us this long to get. We, we seem to be circling back around to stuff, as we said the other week now, that yeah. we really should have done a lot earlier. Um, and, and this is one of those. Um, for me, though, similar to a lot of the other Cartoon Network shows, I can't say it's a show I necessarily loved as a kid. I think I appreciated mm. this more as time has gone on. Um, yeah. No, I I only saw this in snippets because we didn't um, we didn't have um, Sky or cable or anything like that when uh, when this was on. I mean, I I didn't realize it was quite as old as it is. Um, I, it I was kinda... the first Cartoon Network show, really. This was the one that yeah. birthed it all. This was the start. Because yeah. I I can't in my head I kind of had it as sort of ninety eight ninety nine ish, and then looking at it today, it, it was um, it was early ninety six. It actually kicked off, and yeah. it ran for a fuckload longer than I realized as well. It ran it ran for seven years. Yeah, I mean, it dipped in and out. I'm sure we'll come on to mm. that when we talk about the history of it. But it it kind of had a very definitive split, similar to Powerpuff Girls, actually. It had yeah. it had a couple of seasons, then it stopped, and then it just got kind of resurrected, really, but with yeah. a whole new cast and everything. Um, so, yeah, it, it spanned generations. There's only actually three or four seasons i think there's four, not many four seasons four. about seven, yeah. 70 78 episodes so yeah four seasons um yeah. but yeah that's that's 200 odd um skits yeah that's quite that is actually when you say like that many episodes it doesn't sound like a lot compared to some of the other shows particularly the syndicated yeah, shows it, we've looked at when you consider it's the way 200 episodes, episodes isn't it, really? yeah it's actually a lot more than that um, plus, yeah. of course, all the all the interstitial stuff as well. You know, there's all the the yeah. dial M's for Monkey that would have been in there as well in the first yeah. two seasons. Um, and I, and I'm right in thinking they did a couple of straight to video things as well, didn't they? Yes, um, there was a TV movie as well. Mm. Um, the, the, this was a really big show. Uh, yeah. Like I remember this catching on and and doing Gangbusters. I think I was probably about 16 by the time this yeah, was catching on right. in this in this country. So. Yeah, as I've said with some of the other shows as well, I was I was a little bit in that zone of like oh, I'm not I'm not watching cartoons right now. There was there was about two years there where I I thought I was yeah, far too, too cool, cool for far. cartoons. Yeah, and they, and this kind of fell into that. So I didn't watch it initially, um, mm. and then much like with Powerpuff Girls, really, I circled back around to it round about my uni time, um, when you're just sitting around eating pot noodles and drinking vodka for breakfast. Um, this is the type of thing yeah. you circle back around to, you know. So it kind of yeah, because you haven't got to think about it, have you? No, it's no. it's fun, it's slapstick, it's quick, and you can yeah, you can just leave it on and let it run, and you don't even need to, you don't even have to do anything with it. Um, and as I've um, picked a couple up this afternoon, obviously busy, you know, busy couple of weeks, um, last couple of weeks, and I haven't watched them anywhere near as much as I wanted to. But coming into them where they are only 10, 11 minutes, it's easy enough to say, I can stick them on, and I don't have to worry. No, I. I'm cooking a kid's tea. I can I can have it on my on my iPad next to the uh, no next to the cooker. I, no, sitting there, I was, I was writing a report this afternoon, so I, st- I stuck it on. And the hour I was writing the report for, I got through five episodes. You know, because it's 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 clever and it's funny, but it's fairly mindless. You don't have to spend a lot of effort to to follow it. No, and that's yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing uh, all day. 
yeah you're dead right it it follows in that tradition really um and probably the closest comparison for it is garfield and friends which we looked at not Mm. too long ago yeah um but it's following that kind of tradition really where we we're getting essentially three short stories in one cartoon plus a few you know skits basically this is how an episode would be structured you know your your 27 minutes or whatever it was would would consist of like two you know seven to ten minute dexter's laboratory episodes like a five minute or so dial m for monkey or what were the what were the superhero it was rubbish the superhero thing yeah it's called i can't just just as friends just as friends Ah. it was just as friends um and and then you know if they had time to pad you would just have a skit and i mean like a 30 to 45 second skit so very similar in structure to garfield and friends and very similarly plotted as well in that you're right it is mindless it can wash over you because absolutely nothing of any (coughs) consequence ever happens it is it, it is just pure sort of comic strip fun like the the setup is always the same dexter needs to invent something or has decided to tinker around with something dd comes in and fucks it up yeah. mom and dad get involved you know and and there are variations on the theme um none of the episodes i've watched i've i've watched and, and i'm talking i've done full episodes and i've done quite a few individual chopped up segments yeah. of episodes as well um incidentally yeah. listeners for those of you listening along that, that do want to watch it just um it, there is an official youtube channel and there are yeah. lots of chopped up episodes on there if you want to watch full episodes they are freely available everywhere um you yeah. can look anywhere you like you'll find dexter's lab i say freely available i don't mean they're actually free i just mean they are everywhere and easy to come by um yeah. they're not expensive uh, a season will run you about 15 pound yeah. um individual episodes two pound odd so it, that's yeah. in british money not american money because you know we're not idiots uh so you know it, it's out there for you and yeah. it, you know i i've watched a mixture of both i've bought some episodes i'm bought a full season i've dipped in and out i've bought some episodes i've watched some of those official clips on youtube but you know i think it's it's kind of testament to how well plotted this is for you know for what there is yes there's short stories but you know the fact that they can take almost entire segments out of an episode and just drop them onto youtube and it works as a standalone cartoon yes you know and even those they they don't take the entire like seven to ten minute segment they just they top and tail it um you know so so you miss maybe the start and the end but it works they can they can boil everything down and it'll work within this little microcosm because it is essentially just a each ep, each once say episode it's not an episode each story segment. is is just a yeah i mean it's a simple one-line gag essentially stretched out you know it's yeah it's old school cartoons and that's yeah kind of that followed through with all the Cartoon Network shows, right? I know we've talked yeah, about was, this a lot say on that. the show before. That was the feeling of Cartoon Network back in the day. It was almost... It was punk to Nickelodeon's rock and roll, almost. Yeah. It was just kind of, let's strip this all the way back because it's become too overblown now and we're being shocking just for the sake of being shocking. And, and this stripped it all back. Um, and this was the first one I can... Like I say, this was the first one through the door, and it's certainly the first one I can remember seeing that. And it was a little bit of a fresh, bit of a breath of fresh air, I suppose, at the time. Um, and, it, you know, it, it spawned God knows what else. You know, without this, we don't have Powerpuff Girls. We don't get Samurai Jack. We don't get any of those other Cartoon Network yeah. shows that we've now come to know and love um, because yeah. it, it all started 
with Dexter's lab. Um, and not I, only that, I mean, we don't we don't get um, the likes of Family Guy. We don't get the original Clone Wars cartoon. No, um, because all all of that stemmed from this. Was, uh, we talked about this with Johnny Bravo as well, which is pretty much the same team. Hmm. That without without these shows, we don't get the things that have been banging around now for twenty years. Yeah, it it's hard to overstate really just how influential this was, and yeah. I don't think many people realize that. And it, I think it's because it is, it's something that I think everybody remembers pretty fondly. I think if you mention yeah. Dexter's Lab to, you know, people of a certain age, they'll all be able to recall it. And I think most people can certainly recall the end theme. Um, mm. But. I think it gets lost in amongst the Johnny Bravo and the Powerpuff Girls and yeah. Cat Dog even and all of those other Cartoon Network shows. I think this is the one that kind of gets lost, despite the fact that it, it it was the breakthrough hit. This is where yeah. it started. Um, and, and I think part of that, like I say, first time out, I was a little bit like, oh, that's just a cartoon. But part of the reason I circled back around and it caught my attention, I think, and certainly part of the reason it would have caught on as well, it's because it does what so few shows are able to do, and we always call them out when they do this, is it does manage to span the generational gap. Like, it's very yeah. clearly a children's cartoon, but it works for adults as well, because the humor's working on several levels. I mean, some of it is very close to the bone, very, yes. very close to the fucking bone. Um, but it's also got, you know, it's, it's a Hanna-Barbera cartoon at the end of the day, and it yeah. feels like one. And so yeah. there's an element of nostalgia, I think, for parents in the mid '90s who would have been growing up in the, you know, mid to early mid '70s to early '80s with a lot of yeah. the classic Hanna Barbera stuff on reruns. You know, they yeah, would have definitely. been watching the likes of Flintstones and Scooby Doo and all of this stuff when it was circling back around. So, you know, I think that carries through a little bit as well, and I think <coughs> that had a lot to do with what propelled Cartoon Network forward. Yeah. But you're quite right, even when you look beyond that, you know, when you look at the way the art style progresses then through into things like Clone Wars and all of that, like you can you can see this kind of it it's a cartoon network style. It is the only yeah. way I can describe it now. And it's it's got a very heavy kind of line art feel to it almost. Yeah. Um it, you know, it, it looks inked, is yes. is the easiest way I can describe it. It's got a heavy line art kind of style. Um yeah. and it I think what it does as well, and the reason it works so well in Dexter's Lab and Powerpuff Girls, is it recalls those kind of cheesy 50s infomercials that you used to get. Yes. Um, and, and we've all seen, you know, I say you used to get, fuck, we weren't around in the 50s. But I, I just in saying that, I know you all know what I mean, listeners. You know, stop, drop and roll and all of that. Like, it, it yeah. perfectly invokes that. And so it does a lot visually before you even got into the stories and the characters and the gags of it all. You already, like you understand Dexter especially as a character before he even opens yeah. his mouth. And then the second he does and he's got that really effective kind of Germanic accent. Yeah. You you understand that character. Like you don't have to do any more. All of the character work is done. Just from the yeah. look of the show, his design and that voice, you yeah. understand who he is immediately. Yeah. I mean, you've got to wonder as well. I mean, if this not the not the design, but certainly the the voice and sort of the style, you, you've got to wonder if there's a sort of inspiration for Gru once you get into Despicable Me and that sort of, and those type of films as well, because there, there are massive similarities, um, just in terms of the, sort of the way the character set, set up. their very generic Eastern European evil genius accent. You know, it's not it's not German. It's not, but it's just it's just Eastern European because that's easy. 
Yeah. Um, and you don't have to go into any further than that. And it's the same as you get with Gru. And there's um, a show that uh, number two watches called Captain Underpants. One of the characters in that's one of the the one of their their main nemesises. Nemesai. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, the, the 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 physical design of that character is practically identical to um, to, to Dexter. Uh, just uh, when 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 he's speaking, he doesn't have a European accent; he has an American accent because it's set in you know, Middle America. Could be anywhere. Um, and again, you know, he's a slightly mad inventor, narcissistic, self-involved scientist. Mm. And again, you look at that and think, I've seen this before. And with the possible exception of Professor Frank and the Simpsons, I think any character of this nature that's come along since the mid-90s certainly owes something, if not quite a lot, to, to Dexter, you know, to this character in this show. Absolutely, absolutely. I think um, I think Frank is obviously his own thing. There's, there's that Jerry Lewis yeah. element to that. Um, but I, I think there's this... Certainly what they're drawing on in, in Dexter is that kind of almost Dr. Frankenstein, mad scientist, ego yes. kind of lab assistant vibe, right? Which was yeah. which was shorthand for a long time for mad scientist. Um, and then you're yeah. right, you know, you get that whole, you know, element where we had things like Flubber and the Mad Professor and all of this and, and Frink comes yeah. into the mix. But I think, yeah, it's circled back around now. And I think part of that is certainly that, you know, our generation, the generation below us immediately below us, had Dexter's lab, and so yeah. when you say mad scientist, yeah, you go to Dexter, and 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 he's so, he's so stereotypically mad scientist, you know, yeah. not not evil genius. He's mad scientist. He wants to, again, every villain thinks they're the hero of their own story, and there's nothing villainous about Dexter. Everything he's doing is coming from a place of like just sheer curiosity, and yeah. and crazy mad scientist. He's just not seeing the the downside. Yeah. of these infections. Yeah, I, I think. One of the ones I, I watched earlier on um, today, the he was trying to get in with a gang of boys, and they were they all had um, uh, an action figure. Of a, I can't remember what the character's name was, but it's like a superhero character, and he wanted to play with them. And they said, "You can't play with us unless you've got an action figure." And he actually cut out um, a cardboard um, in, uh, version of this character, and they wouldn't, no, they still wouldn't let him join in. So he went off and made his own. Mm. Um, I want to say I want to say it was Major Glory or something like that. The character was. Um, and so he went off and made his own action figure. But whereas all the others, like one had a punch action where you pushed a button on the back and you know, it sort of shot fists off rather than actually punching anything. Um, one had like um, a voice mod, you could press a button and it you know, told you to say your prayer, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and all that sort of bollocks. And I can't remember what the third one did. Uh, but then he went off and made because his because um, Dee said, "Well, why don't you make your own doll?" Because she has her, her doll that she made. Oh, my own, brilliant! And he then goes off and makes an actual fucking working one mm. that does everything the superhero does. Yeah. So that just so he can go play with the other boys, yeah, and, and, and it's, 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 it's it's that place of innocence that comes from. Actually, he doesn't realize he's a fucking nutter because he's just saying, "Well, they, I need one of those. My my mum won't buy me one until my birthday, which is too far away. So I'll go and make one." But in doing so, he actually surpasses what he's trying to do, and you know, probably at some point put a nuclear reactor in there that's going to kill the world. Yeah, and I think I think it's that heart that actually connects with people yeah i think there is so much heart in these stories not just from dexter himself but from <laughs> Dee, Dee as well who is just she's adorable she's easily one of my favorite characters in in animation full stop she's like <laughs> it's so easy and we see it all the time in, in children's garden as well to fall into that annoying sibling trope yeah but she steps just on the line 
of like you, you can tell that these two actually have a relatively healthy brother sister relationship yeah. like there's love there she winds him up because they yeah. actually love and and several yeah. times you know if you watch enough episodes there are several times where actually the crux of the episode will be that she's in trouble and dexter's gonna help her like because yeah. it's that thing of like you know i can beat her up i can pull her hair i can do whatever yeah. i want because she's my sister yeah but you fucking you try can't. it i'll kill you yeah exactly and and I think you know when when you look on the flip side again to to throw it back over to the Nicktoons of it all when you you look at the kind of relationship between say Tommy and Angelica and Rugrats yeah that's that's older, what I was going to say it's not that you know it, 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 yeah. or even when you look you know even go older again when you look at Bart and Lisa Simpson and stuff like that as well like and it's a more strained relationship yeah whereas whereas this just feels i mean i i never had siblings growing up but all my friends did so i know what that relationship looks like and i think this yeah. this is very well observed you know it feels like they are a real brother and sister and there's there's heart yeah. to it and just Dee, Dee as a character then is so innocent like she's not purposely coming in and trashing this shit to annoy him she's yeah. coming in and trying to be involved She's just excited for him. And if he builds a time machine, she wants to play with the time machine. And yeah. if, he, you know, you mentioned the action figure episode, she's like, well, make your own. You don't have yeah. to, like, you, you're a genius. Why don't you make, I can make a doll and you can make an action figure. Yeah. And their relationship is really central to the whole thing. And even on episodes where they're at each other's throat, there's still something in there, in that relationship, yeah. where you know that actually... You know they they're looking out for each other. I mean, one of, one of my favorites that I've watched. Um, I watched the whole episode, but then it popped up on the clip uh, reels that right. I was watching on YouTube as well. Um, there's one where Dexter's just trying to sleep, and mm. Dee Dee is keeping him awake, and she's not doing it on purpose. It's not like she's jumping up and down on the bed. She just happens to be in the house, being Dee Dee, shouting down the stairs to her mother, and you know yeah. playing with her toys and things like that. And it's just this really well observed familial life humor really you just happen to drop an evil scientist or an evil genius scientist into yeah. the middle of it and it be it takes on this whole other level you know and and so i think that's really good i think the writing itself is way more sophisticated as well than it has any right to be for what is essentially yeah. a a gag reel cartoon you know yeah. some it's not all slapstick humor there's a lot of slapstick humor in there but some of the gags are really quite acerbic and they cut quite close to the bone as well. Um, and, yeah. and they they still are today. This hasn't really aged in that respect. Yeah. Um, now, and I think that part of the charm of this is because it hasn't aged. And I think the reason for that is that it doesn't dwell on the gadgets and the contraptions and the rest of it. So you because you don't see a computer, you don't see uh, a mobile phone or anything like that, You it, it doesn't automatically put it in a, a, at a place in time. You know, you you've got no you you've again your stereotypical uh, mad scientist machines where they've all got fucking dials that do something, and they've all, there's, there's lots of screens which don't really show you anything and stuff like that because that's what you had in you know you think of things yeah. like Young Frankenstein and stuff yeah. like that that's what it looked like it exists and so because in of that, that it doesn't date itself no it, it doesn't date itself at all because it exists in that kind of wonderful space of like yesterday's tomorrow you know mm. where it's like this is what the future looked like in the fifties. This is this yeah. is what this is what kids in the fifties would have thought we were doing in the nineties. This is what yeah. the future looked like to them, and so that never ages because it's that kind of retro futuristic style. And again, yeah. it, it harkens back to that whole kind of you know nuclear age safety video. 
and it yeah. captures all of that so well and so much of the the technology and the inventions is based on that you're right there's no laptops there's no mobile phones there's nothing like that um, yeah. there are modern conveniences in the house they have tvs they have radios they have but even you know yeah. even mom and dad are, are sort of as american as apple pie and it's that again that yeah. 50s nuclear family with the 2.4 kids you know like it knows yeah. exactly what it's doing and it's that again it's that gentle subversion thing then isn't it of taking this perfect family unit and just pressing yeah. the self-destruct button week after week and and, and yeah. not but doing it just enough like not deliberately like i say not deliberately having dexter go oh i fucking hate you and i want you all to die like yeah. it's not that it's yeah, it's not stewie no it's it's just that he happens to every week something happens to go wrong with one of his inventions for yeah. whatever reason i think one of the ones i watched there was uh, the robot parrot um uh segment where he, yeah he makes a parrot he's trying to get it to to imitate his voice and stuff like that and he, you know he can't get it working so then he tells it to bugger off effectively and then it goes upstairs and it starts talking behind the father who doesn't realize it's him he thinks it's uh, dexter because it's, it's now mimicking his voice as well as what he said so then all of a sudden it starts saying things and it gets a bit out of hand because then the the, the robot parrot threatens to kill him unless he gets out and stuff like that and then he starts um the, the mother is reading a recipe and he starts uh, repeating some other stuff that's been said about this recipe and starts telling her about you no. Know, that she needs like crocodile eggs or something bollocks or that, and then you no know, sends her off to the Everglades because that's where crocodiles come from, hmm. um, and for no other reason. It's repeating what's been said throughout the episode. But again, it's just chaos for the sake of chaos. Yeah, and then actually, they, they, because it's it's just a segment. There's not masses done to resolve it. It's just, it ends, and then when the next segment starts, you're back to the beginning because it's it's an animated sitcom. You have no. There's no consequence from one episode to the next, and it doesn't need to be. No. But again, I think you're right. I think it's just one of those that it's a harmless invention. He's done it with the best of intentions. He's done it for a noble reason or a good reason, and he's just kind of fucked it up. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, you know, because we keep using this term because it, it it just comes up a lot on this show, this animated sitcom, and 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 it mm. is that the status quo is just reset every episode, and then we find yeah. a new reason for an invention to go wrong or whatever. Um, but I think so often when it happens. You know, we talked about Garfield and Friends just now. We've just come off the back of Hey Arnold as well. And, you know, so often yeah. where we see these sort of sitcom-y shows about the humdrum of regular life and then you just throw in whatever it's going to be that, that upsets yeah. the apple cart. You know, in this case, a crazy invention or in Garfield's case, probably some dog and cat related antics or, or whatever yeah. it's going to be. Um, so often they never quite follow through on it enough and it never quite connects and everything gets quite mm. samey. And particularly, you know, when we get these skit sort of shows, there's a danger that they, you know, the segments don't really end. You know, you don't feel like anything's resolved itself. Yeah. Um, but I never feel that with this, even though, you know, in many occasions, these skits, they don't resolve themselves. They do yeah. just stop. It is almost as if they've just run out of gags and everything stops. But it never seems to matter. I, and I no. don't, I don't know what it is that this show does that, for instance, Garfield doesn't. I don't know. It's almost as if the the lack of effort, and I don't mean that to sound like a criticism, but I feel like Garfield tried harder to stick the landings, yeah, and because it didn't, it showed up. Whereas this just literally goes, oh yeah, well that's it now. This is just yeah, like we're done. We're out of gags. Let's just move on to the next thing. Like with here's yeah. another invention. Let's see what this does. 
you know? Yeah. Um, I think the only one that's standing out, so I watched, I say watched quite a few today, but I think the, the only one that stands out was ironically the first one I watched. And that did have an end because that was, it was one where he's, it's Christmas again and he's trying to prove again that Santa's not real, that Santa is actually his parents, um, or that Santa is his father and Rudolph is his mother, and both dressing up, both in costume, and there's no such thing as, as, as Christmas. And so he goes into all this Home Alone type stuff to catch Santa so he can then prove that it's his dad. Um, ends up beating the living fuck out of him with a baseball bat and then shaving his beard off. <laughs> and it's only when he's midway through it, so you know, so Santa now has a fucking Jim Neidhart beard yeah. um, and no hair, that his father comes in and asks him what he's doing. And he's like, keep, keep still. Oh, fuck. And he, tur- he, sort of, he turns around, it's also almost a slow motion. And then, obviously, he realises that no, Santa is real in front of him, and then Santa no, clicks his fingers or magics himself away and... Dexter's then in trouble because he's trashed the house, he's burnt the Christmas tree down, all the presents have been destroyed. And then he kind of tries to, to do the whole, well, isn't the whole point of Christmas about being fat and you know, being together as a family and you know, love and forgiveness and all this stuff and forgiveness and all this stuff and forgiving me for breaking that. And that's the only episode, that's the only segment I, I found that really like had a proper ending. Yeah. Um, and I think that there were some some longer segments. I think there were some episodes which had um which didn't have the, sort of, such a structure. They had, no, they had the a sort of, if, what would have been a two-parter, effectively, yeah. um, run throughout it. I think that was one of those. I think it was one of the longer ones I saw. Um, but yeah, it just no, it had a, a beginning, middle, and end, whereas so many of these don't. Um, but I think you're right. I never really, I never really found it offensive or intrusive or any any way problematic. The fact that they weren't resolved at the end of it, I, it just didn't feel. It didn't feel. Like it had been cut off. I didn't feel like I was missing anything, which no. a lot of the time you do. You do, yeah. And I think it's just because it's such a simple setup. It is literally like, here's the invention this week, and this is how it's going to go wrong, and we'll have six or seven minutes worth of hilarity out of that, and then we'll just fix the invention, and there you go. We've reset the status quo, and that's as much of the ending as you need. And it almost yeah, it almost deliberately doesn't end on a corny gag. Like the temptation, particularly yeah. in the Hanna-Barbera, you know, when you're looking at the Flintstones and Scooby doing stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they would always end on that huge belly laugh out. And yeah. it became a cliche, so much so that it's been lampooned in just about everything since, you know, where you'll have the, yeah. you know, Shaggy will say something inappropriate at the end of the episode and yeah. everybody will laugh because that's Shaggy. Yeah. They kind of deliberately don't do that. Um, and and that just, I think that works fine because it, it mm. blends into this kind of haphazard nature of the show as well. Like I see, you get a Dexter, you get a dial m for monkey and then you get another dexter and if you got padding you know you may get a couple of short skits but that's fine yeah. you're not looking for you know i forget what it was we were watching but I've, i know i've said this about a show recently as well where because it's in and out so quickly you don't get chance to sit down and just go well i didn't feel like that added anything to a conversation nothing's been resolved here nobody's grown it doesn't matter i think because it was the um... in and out so quickly I think it was the Orson's Farm segments on Garfield. It may very well have been. Um, but yeah, it's just in and out so quickly that you've, you know, you've had your yucks and you've moved on. And like I say, I yeah. think the fact that you know even the official channel just chops out these segments on YouTube and, and actually tops and tails them sometimes as well shows yeah. you how well all of this works. You know, it's yeah. so tightly paced. And it again, it throws back to those very, very early animated shorts. It's throwing back to Looney Tunes and it's throwing back to... <laughs> you know, the Merry Melodies and the Silly Symphonies and all of those things yeah. where actually they were very light on plot because the whole joy was in just watching the animation and having a little yeah. bit of, as Walt Disney would call it, business. 
um yeah. and just general you know chaos it is the best word for it but i think the key and as i say what underpins it all is that this has so much heart which a lot of the shows didn't particularly at this yeah. time you know we were coming off the back of what was the heyday of nickelodeon and we've talked about this yeah. in some of our nick shows <coughs> as well where cartoon network yeah. seemed to stratospherically rise as nickelodeon was just self-destructing and becoming yeah. almost a parody of itself and there was a a real power shift and I think it is because they were so different because of this, yeah. you know? It was it was completely anti-everything that Nickelodeon was doing. And yet, somehow, yeah. it also kind of captured that same sort of slightly acerbic tone. It just did it in a totally yeah. different way. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, and we talked so we talked about this when we did, uh, when we looked at Ren and Stimpy, but we've talked about it with, with all the Nick stuff we've talked about. Is that it was kind of... It was anarchy for the sake of anarchy to the point where they were. It was constantly trying to outdo the next show. Mm. So you say, right, okay, well, you ha we had Doug, so we're gonna have something else. That's gonna no, that's gonna outdo that. Then we'll have something else. Then something else. And you got to a stage where there's only so much you can do. And I think that that's something I fi I'm finding. I'm watching. I'm calling them reruns. It's it's it's, it's episodes of like Family Guy and The Simpsons I've not seen before because at some point I I I fell out of watching them because we had so much other stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And so now picking stuff up. Obviously, it's all on Disney Plus. Um, uh, through uh, through Star, and yeah, um, you pick up and you certainly with Family Guy, you look and go right. They've done that because in the last season everybody died in a nuclear holocaust. So this this season the Earth can get blown up and they're all living in space. And it's just trying to be stupider every time because at that point you can make a slightly worse, slightly more offensive, slightly cruder joke. And it's just it's that constant trying to one up itself. Um, and I think that's kind of what you've got with with the Nick stuff. As as the shows progress, that's just what they were trying to do. They weren't. They, it was less about entertainment and more about what we can get away with. And yeah. I think Cartoon Network went the other way. I said, right, okay, well, we don't want to get away with stuff. We're not going to have the gross out stuff and the really, you know, the really stupid, the really anarchic stuff. We'll just make modern versions of traditional Hannibal Barra cartoons, because yeah. a story is a story is a story, and we can tell a story. We know what a story looks like. And we know we can. You know, we have our animation style, and we know we can draw. So let's just tell stories that are going to keep people entertained for five, ten minutes, and then we don't necessarily want to. Leave, you know, we we don't want them banging on the door saying we want more, 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 because at that point, you know, if you try and mass produce, it becomes stale. So let's just drip feed them. We we'll say five minutes segments rather than a twenty-five minute episode. We'll give them five, seven, eight minutes of a, of a of a story, something else, another five, eight minute story, and then we're out. And that will keep people a lot happier. And they 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 tend they seem to stick by that for a long time. And you had obviously you had this. We went. You know, we talked about Johnny Bravo, the Power Because you also had um, oh was it um, Fairly Old Parents? I think it was. Yes. I think that was uh, again, and it was n nothing broke the mold, no. but they spent more time focusing on character than they did on situation. And I think that's that's the big difference. Whereas I say with with Nick, it was just bigger, better, bigger, better all the time. And this went, nah, fuck it. Let's have an evil, uh, a ten-year-old evil genius, yeah. and his and his weird sister. Let no, let let let's have let's have a guy who's got no, who's uh, fairy godparents are fucking idiots. Let's do that. No, let's have an Elvis impersonator. Let's have three superhero girls. Why not? But yeah. the heart, the core of every one of those shows is that they're about the people, not about where they are and what they're doing. Yeah, and right. that that's really telling. And I think that's probably why, after you had the initial shock value of Nick, you kind of move away from it because well. We've done it now. Yeah. I, I know what to expect now. And then that's why the, the, you had that constant escalation. And it, it kind of fell away a bit. Yeah, you're 100% right. It, it is that this is all character-led. 
and and ultimately you know when you're doing it when you're doing a sitcom and you're telling these short stories it is about your character because it's about putting your characters in that situation every week and it's finding fresh things for your characters to do you know if if you look at any classic sitcom you know christ america's even made a trope out of it they don't even stretch for it they'll just pick a character name the show after them sometimes it's even the first name of the fucking performer and just put them in different situations right that is a sitcom and that's the beat that they're following here but with that comes familiarity with those characters and like i said ultimately what it does is underpins everything with real heart there is real heart in all Mm. of these shows you know the same we mentioned powerpuff girls you know the relationship between the girls and their father and everything like there's heart behind it and so yeah that does actually allow you to push the boundaries a little more as well and like i say some of the gags in here are very close to the bone um mm. it, it's interesting you mentioned kind of the the shock value of things because there is i don't know if you've seen the band episode um no that, right okay there is a band episode um it's called the rude remover um, right so look listeners for those of you that want to see it the uncensored uh, uncut version is available on youtube just type yeah in I'll, I'll, I'll put lab. a link in the uh i'll put a link in the, in the episode description yeah type in dexter's lab rude remover now it was um it was fit for broadcast in that um it was it's so essentially the, the premise behind this is that dexter invents a machine that removes rudeness from people because he's fed up right. of dd being rude she's winding him up and he wants to remove rudeness of course, they have a squabble. They both get caught in the machine. And what it actually does is create an alternate set of DD and Dexter. Right. There's, a, there's a very polite, well-to-do set. We're talking a very affected English accent. And they're all very toodle-pip, what-what. And then yeah. there is just this scruffy, rude, foul-mouthed versions. And when I say foul-mouthed, they are, it, like, worse than us. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's South Park dialed up to 100. Like, every other nice. word is fuck. Um, now, when you watch the uncensored version, it's simply not funny, it, because you because you're trying so hard to shock and offend that it yeah. loses <laughs> all value. Like it's it's not funny. However, when you watch the when you watch it as it should have been broadcast, even though it never was, and everything is beeped, it's yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah, and you, as I say, when, when it's beeped, usually that's funny, especially when it, when you you haven't got necessarily got the context, or it's something that's, or it's a show that's completely out of context, that makes it funnier sometimes. I think, yes. like, fucking years ago, I think I some I think my old man sent it me. I, I think I probably passed them on to you. There were some uh, overdubbed Postman Pat skits. Oh, I still watch them occasionally, yeah. and, and yeah. they're fucking hilarious because it's just so out of context. Yes, um, and there's a couple of new ones I've been doing around recently, which I've sort of seen on t- um, on TikTok and. Not, no, not to forward the fucking things, um, but it's, it's stuff like that. And because you you're used to seeing it in a particular way, and you're used to seeing these characters, you know, acting in a particular way, you do have that shock value. But actually, it's it's not it's it's not shocking because they're doing. It's not shocking because of what they're saying. It's the fact they're saying it at all. Mm. And I remember I used, I went to um, a talk that Nancy Cartwright did in Edinburgh. Um, I think it was 2004 in the Edinburgh Festival, and part of her contract and all of the uh, performance in The Simpsons. Part of their contract is that they are not allowed to swear or blaspheme or anything in character, um, and no, and that as well. Obviously, it's not going to be written to the show anyway. But they're not allowed to use those voices. So Bart, Nancy Cart, Nancy Cartwright can't walk up to somebody in the street as Bart Simpson and tell them to go fuck themselves yeah. because that's in her contract. She's not allowed to do that because that brings the brand of disrepute. So one of the things she did in that show, um, and it's no, it's a bit of a running gag, and also you know you. 
you couldn't she went she went off stage and you couldn't see her obviously she's still mic'd up so you can hear her and she just starts effing and jeffing and then when she comes back on everyone's cheering and laughing and you know, it's absolutely Bart Simpson line I didn't do it yeah and that's funny because you have there's, there's a contextual gag to it but also hearing Bart Simpson call somebody a cocksucker it's fucking hilarious yeah because that's not what Bart Simpson does if you bleep that out in an episode that's even funnier and I think they've done it like they, certainly with the Simpsons it's become a lot more um a lot more liberal over the years, so they do get away with a lot more. And they, they, you do have them; they flip people off, and so they just don't pixelate the finger out and stuff like that. So, and um, there are certain um, there are certain phrases they use now which they wouldn't have used twenty years ago. Certainly wouldn't use when the show started, you know, nearly forty years ago. Um, so th- th- it has evolved over time. But yeah, so you know, hearing you know, hearing uh, you know, hearing Millhouse call somebody a dickhead, mm. that's never not going to be funny because that's not what Millhouse does, and. I think that you get it to a point. So you, you once once you pass, no, once you've had it once, you think, okay, now I've heard it. I can I can always replay that in my head. I don't necessarily need to see it. So if you get an episode like the one you're on about, if, if every other word is fuck, I think South Park did an episode where they had um, a count of sometimes they said shit. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like that. You got to a point. Is that right? It's not funny anymore. You've you've you've, you've worn the gag out. Yeah, and and this is this is not funny within the first thirty seconds, uh, but mm. it goes on for seven and a half minutes or so. Uh, but yet, as I say, when you watch it as it should have been broadcast, it's hilarious. And, yeah. I, and I think, you know, that, that just goes to show, again, the difference between the two. Like, had this been Nickelodeon, you could fully expect them to push that as far yeah. as they could in the broadcast version. But this, by bleeping yeah. it, censors it, you know, and censoring it, it makes it funnier. And it, and it fits yeah. the context and the theme of the show. Because, yeah. simply put, be, you know, being shocking for shocking's sake doesn't work when you've got a character like Dexter whose vocabulary is far too large for him yeah. to just be wandering around effing and jeffing. In fact, the, yeah. the funniest moment of that whole episode um, is when you get right to the end credits and they do the the classic where they they do the classic fade where they're shrinking down into a little ball over Dexter's face mm. and it's Dexter like he's reverted the situation to normal. It is Dexter as we know him and he's about to be punished for it. And he just quietly, under his breath, as it's fading to black, goes, shit. And that's funny. Yeah. That is the funniest part of the whole episode because it's so understated. Whereas earlier in the episode, he's running around fucking this, fucking that, fucking the other, fuck you, mother. And and, and it's not funny. Um, mm. and, and all of this is a long-winded way, really, of, of me just trying to say that I think what is key to this show is that they understood that. And so yeah. we've talked about subversive humor a lot um, when we've looked at some of these 90s cartoons as well. And that's in here, but it's yeah. very deeply buried. And that's what makes it just that much funnier. You know, it, it, it is very, very close to the bone when it needs yeah. to be. Um, and, and that would come to become a, a calling card of Cartoon Network anyway. Like the stuff they got away with that Nickelodeon simply couldn't have. Because yeah. Nickelodeon was would, had already made a name for themselves as being disgusting and, and extreme yes. with things like Ren and Stimpy and our real monsters and, and all of that, when actually they weren't at all. Yeah. But, you know, Cartoon Network were getting away with far worse stuff because it yeah. looked wholesome and on the surface it was wholesome, you know? And yeah. I mean, the worst of the worst, really, Powerpuff Girls, but mm. how, like, that's the whole joy of Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you wouldn't True. expect it to be like that. Um, having said that, you know, there are, in re-watching it now, there are some questionable things in there. Certainly the gender politics at play in this show is yeah. very questionable at times. 
Um, but again, I think within the context of its kind of pseudo fifties world, they managed to get away with that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, there, I can't remember. There were a couple of skits where I was, I sort of picked up and went, "Oh, I'm not sure about that." And then because it moved on so quickly, it was like, "Right, okay, I'm not quite sure if I saw that, if if that, if I've read that the right way, or if I've taken that so like out of context." But you're right. I think I think you're right. Anyway, that because of the because of the way it's set and the the, the world it's set in. And again, I said that you no, know, this the fact it's very much paying uh, paying homage to these you know, these fifties sitcoms and these you know, these almost of the the parodying these sort of you no know, Cold War ideals of this is what America looks like and we've got this you no know, Eastern European mad scientist who's clearly going to be the opposite of everything we what we we want in America because fucking Russia and yeah it just it didn't rub up against me. There's some of the things we've watched you you, you see something you think oh fucking hell, you can't say that mm. like, even you no. Know, even in the nineties, you knew you shouldn't. Have, you knew you shouldn't have said that, and it's amazing you've got away with it. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't kind of get that with this. It didn't really. It didn't really bother me the way it has other times. No, I mean it. it again, I think the heart that underpins the show and the setting that's them get away with. You know, so much of it is is from Dexter aimed at Dee Dee. There is a lot of stupid girl, and you know that's yeah. girl stuff, and and all yeah. that. But again, just the. The characters themselves, you know, I mean, for fuck's sake, Dee Dee wanders around in a pink tutu and likes ballet dancing. So it's it's there in the character. Yeah. And I think they managed to, again, just skirt around it. You know, they, it's built into the character. It's underpinned with heart. And yeah. and ultimately, she plays up to that. And when you, you know, when you add the, the 50s gender politics of mom and dad on top of it as well. Yeah. They just managed to skirt around it without it being offensive says me a middle-aged white man so i'm by no means qualified to make that make that call but to me it, it, like yeah just like you said Mark, there were times where i was watching and going oh but then i would just move on from it straight away yeah you know and it, I th- yeah there was nothing so jarring about it i think that was, that's that was the thing no and i think particularly at this time you know there were cartoons out there. I mean, look, we we've looked at you know, all right, slightly earlier than this, but still, late eighties, early nineties. You know, when we've been looking at things like biker mice, hmm. and and you see kind of you see the stereotypes and the politics at play in that, and you think you know this is nowhere near that level. Again, it's got that level yeah. of innocence to it, so they managed to skirt around it. Um, I think you know it's quite easy to to just sit down and watch this well as you have done on loop which is not yeah. it's not been possible with a lot of the stuff we've watched recently if we're honest about it yeah. the last thing i really sat down and chained was probably huxley pig um mm. like I, w- I went through the whole series of that and it just it washed over me and i've done a bit of that with dexter as well i've not watched as much as i would have liked to to be honest because it's been quite busy um i'm having a bit of life shit at the moment so you know but then this is a good distraction from that because it is yeah. so it's not inoffensive that's not the word i'm looking for I, it's easy isn't it, it it is easy it's very easy it, to watch yeah and, yeah i mean i think that some of the stuff we've watched certainly recently um it has got to be a bit of a slog mm. because you think right okay well in order to do what we do here you need to you need to watch at least half a dozen episodes most of the time. Just you get you get enough feel for the characters and the situation and all the rest of it. And you've got enough to say about the style and techniques and things like that. So, yeah, okay, it, it takes a bit of time. And when you get into things that are 20, 25 minutes long, 
that's quite nice. It's quite a time commitment. Whereas with this, I say it's ten minutes. You can put it on, and as I literally had it, so as I was working on this report today, the laptop was in front of me, and normally I've got my second screen plugged into my laptop, so I can see because my eyes are going shit because I'm old. Um, but instead, I had it plugged. I just had it on um, on YouTube, and I was just letting it play through. Didn't touch it. Didn't skip any ads. It was literally just right. Next one. Next one. Next one. And yeah, it was fine. It was great. And I didn't. I could follow. For the majority of the time, I know there were some visual gags I needed to go back to, but I could follow what was going on without needing to be looking away from what I was doing. It was enough. It was in my peripheral vision. The, you know, the sound was enough to carry it through. I could see, I could pretty much see what was going on, and that was enough. And I think sometimes you, if you've got that, you think, right, actually, it's not so all-consuming that I've got to really concentrate, which is going to fry my brain because there's so much other shit going on because, as I say, we're you know, middle-aged men with careers and families and all that sort of shit, and sometimes life gets in the way mm. so it's nice to be able to just put something on and not have to you know not think right it's midnight before i started because by the time i sort everything else i've done everything else i need to do for the day now now I've, I've got an hour before i go to bed it's nice not to have that sometimes yeah and, and as you say it is it is very easy just sling it on and watch it i interestingly i found myself uh, on the episodes i'd purchased i found myself only watching the dexter stuff um mm. i was i was spinning past m for monkey and um and just as friends every time um mm. because they just weren't they just weren't as doing anything for me no i yeah. and they're the same length you know if not slightly shorter but again it was just mm. lacking the the kind of heart and the charm i think of this yeah. and it was interesting because i'd kind of forgotten about dial m for monkey as well and yeah when i was watching it then the memories i have of it I, it, this is a bit of a Mandela effect thing for me. I think I actually mm. thought it was its own thing. I remember yeah, a cartoon. I I, now I, I think that now, I'm is, wondering if it, I'm wondering if they did break it up and I broadcast think it separately. They did because I've got a feeling this was on SM uh, SMTV. I nearly said SMPD. Then that would be us, and it was. I've got a yeah. feeling this was on SMTV, or if not SMTV, certainly one of those Saturday yeah. morning shows. Yeah. And they would, and this lends itself so well to that. We've talked about it with some of the other episodic stuff we've done, like Garfield as well, where you know they would, yeah. they would chop these shows up and deliver them to you. In fit, like when they were doing X Men, for instance, they would have a commercial break in the middle of it, and you'd have like fifteen yeah. minutes of X Men, an hour of magazine stuff, and then another fifteen minutes yeah. of X Men, right, to keep you watching because nobody cared about the shit in the middle, right? Yeah. We we just wanted to see the other half of X Men, and they would do the same with the, these magazine type shows loved these animated sketch shows because you can do like yeah. 10 minutes of bollocks about some new fucking take that single then you can watch a dexter's lab then you can cut back to 10 minutes of horse shit about i don't know recycling or whatever the fucking buzz topic yeah. of the week was and then you're back yeah. to another 10 minutes of dexter's lab or in this case maybe m for monkey yeah. then back to some more horse shit and then finish off with dexter's lab again so you had to watch the whole thing because you wanted the cartoons so yeah, yeah. i think Again, that was rather long-winded, but I think maybe they did separate them for Monkey and yeah, throw it in. Yeah, I don't in. think they might have done. Because I, I remember it being its own show. Um, yeah, I, th I thought it was as well, so I was quite surprised. And looking at it now, it doesn't. there's nothing on the wiki page about it. Um, it just talks about the, um, the, the the plot of it and then the fact it was... Um, I don't know, they, they, they changed the cast and stuff like that. So it, there's nothing about it. There's nothing written about it that I can see. But I, I, was, I was convinced as well, so I'm glad you said that. I'm pretty sure it was. It was definitely on. Well, I wouldn't. 
do I say definitely? Am I confident enough to say definitely on the air? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm almost certain it was on ITV. So it would have yeah. been on something like SMPD. Because Cartoon Network Yeah, or whatever came before it. Cartoon Network wasn't over on BBC. It was ITV and occasionally Channel 4, I think, as well. Um, it was. And then I think when Channel 5 came along, I think they bought a lot of it. Yes, I think they did. Um, I think you're right. Um, I'm just going to see if I can find this out because it's going to bug me. Um, Google is <laughs> yeah, your friend. Yeah, I'm trying to look for it now. Um, yeah, I mean, just yeah, so I, yeah, I was the same. But I, um, when I was, sorry, I, I had that same recollection as you. So I'm, so I'm glad you said that. But I'm, I was trying to look earlier because I, I, va- I vaguely remember reading something. I think it's when when Family Guy was sort of in its infancy, and they were talking about some of the, the more surreal segments, and they've got the obviously they've got the, the evil monkey that lives in the closet. Which um, for those of you not on video because we don't do it anymore, there's one behind my right shoulder. So if, if you look at episodes where we have had video, there's one there. Um, and that always made me think of um, that Infant Monkey, and I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on why. And then thinking of it as its, as, as its own thing, and then th- obviously with the the Seth MacFarlane connection and the, um, the the development of it as well, it kind of makes sense. But I was I was then looking um, for if there'd been anything that you know, as I said, you said about the um, the band episode of of, of Dexter, the, the um, Rude Remover, um, and there is um, there was an episode of um, Dial for Monkey which was removed from um, removed from broadcast in the United States. Um, it was a, um, a Fantastic Four Silver Surfer parody, um, and it was whether it was Cartoon Network or whether it was their standards and practices or whether it was um, uh, a, a group or other. Um, they just, but they they got they they felt it was overly stereotypical of um, oh, it was overly representative of gay stereotypes. So they pulled it because they didn't want to offend. Um, they didn't want to offend any part of the audience, basically. And if you think of that in in comparison to what you've had on Nickelodeon at the time, where and certainly what you've had coming into things like South Park and where they've lent into that and really pushed to make it as offensive and as stereotypical as you can. Yeah. It was quite interesting to see that actually they, they kind of self-censored, they, they censored themselves and, 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 and pulled it away. And I think, you know, incidentally, it was on CITV. I've just done some okay. Googling. Um, I can't find any reference of whether it was on SMTV or not, but it was definitely an ITV jam. It was on CITV. So I'm right. pretty sure it was. Um let us know if you know listeners maybe i'm misremembering that maybe we're talking horseshit but um yeah it's, it, again just circling back around to what we were talking about and you know the difference in style here it's that conscious yeah. decision to not be as deliberately offensive as possible i think it does you know when you're constantly constantly pushing the envelope and constantly trying to offend people your audience does get desensitized and so i think yeah. you know it loses any value that it may have even you know and and to be fair south park is pretty good at actually finding value in their offensive humor they do they will try and you know ultimately make a point but that's not what these shows are about so if they are going to say that they'll make it count you know yes yeah that that adds something to it again um i don't think you know I, i don't think any of the cartoon network shows that i can think of off the top of my head were that offensive at all they were subversive but there's a difference you know Um, yes there is yeah so Um, incidentally dexter's lab was on smtv so you would have seen um you would have seen it on there knew it i knew it there you go so that's what it was m for monkey was separated out that's why i thought it was a different thing um don't think i liked it much on smtv either if i'm honest i just don't think there's much value in in m for monkey but maybe again it's just that i think 
that is more derivative than anything mm. in the rest of the show. Like they, Dexter's lab is relying on stereotypes that we know. It's relying on the sibling relationship and it's relying on the evil genius and it's relying on yeah. the stupid girl. And it, right, it's fine. But it's doing something with that and it's using those to tell its story. Whereas M for Monkey just felt like a derivative, almost Japanime style superhero thing where you'd have like yeah. Kaiju Smackdowns with this monkey and stuff. And like at this time, if you wanted that, you had Samurai Pizza Cats and you had, yeah. I mean, you know, all of those shows. So go and watch those. We didn't need M for Monkey as well. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, I seem to recall they dropped that after a while. There's, there's only about a season or two that had these. Yeah, other... that's, that's. I think that's when they replaced it with um, Just as Friends, wasn't that? I they were, I think they were running side by side. From what I remember, some weeks you'd get M for Monkey, sometimes you'd get Just as Friends. But I seem to recall them just dropping them completely then and sticking with Dexter, um, which was entirely the right call, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm um, trying to read it. Yeah, so. Um... In in the first season, you had six episodes of uh, Monkey, and then Justice Friends took over until the end of the season. Um, there you go. So I don't know whether they then after that after after season one they then started um, switching between the two. I'm not sure. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, there's not much more we can say about it. I think it, it's quite easy to watch. It it definitely yeah. you know we talk sometimes about the cultural impact of, of some of these shows, and it. As I said right back at the start, the impact this had, I think, is actually immeasurable, and people just don't realise it, it. It's not getting. I was going to say that. It. Yeah, if if you if you were to talk to people our age, unless they're into this stuff, you would talk to people our age about cartoons and things that had a had a big cultural impact. They'd be talking about The Simpsons and Family Guy and South Park and all of those, and stuff like this wouldn't get a mention. You'd be lucky if something if with the with the Cartoon Network stuff, you'd be lucky if Powerpuff Girls got in there. Mm. Um, but beyond that, people I don't think would be coming back to that stuff. They they might pick up on some of the Nick stuff, but generally they're not going to be looking. You know, they're not going to be talking about this. And I think that you look at what this has spawned in terms of, you know, as I said, some of our some of the character designs coming forward and things that have come out of that. Some of the style of humor that's come out of it, uh, and then you look at some of the careers it launched, and you think, well, hang on, well, this it's- this is massive because without this show, you don't have half the stuff that we've been talking about. Like we don't have Family Guy. We don't have uh, no, we possibly don't have things like Despicable Me, which then spawned its own thing with Minions. That stuff doesn't come out without having this show and these characters. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, yeah, you've mentioned Seth MacFarlane already, but just if nothing else, if you just look at Jendy Tot, it's going to butcher his name, Jendy Tartkovsky. Yeah. Um, well done. Yeah, it took me two attempts. <laughs> but if you just look at his career, you know, mm. I mean, it, it starts here with Dexter's Lab. It, like his whole career grew out of this, but without him. Yeah. You know, and without Dexter, you know, this this goes on to become, you know, he has a career that spans to Samurai Jack, you know, right through to Primal now, which is going gangbusters. And then, you know, yeah. I don't particularly care for it, but the whole Hotel Transylvania thing, which has spawned, what, yeah. three movies now? Four. Four movies. There you go. Like, you, you don't get any of that if you don't yeah. get Dexter's Lab, you know? So if nothing else, that alone, you know, is making huge bank for people now. Yeah. Um. There's that original Clone Wars cartoon as well. You mentioned about yeah. the Clone Wars, like that comes from this. You know, yeah. you you don't get that if Jenny Tartkovsky doesn't get to make Dexter's Lab. And I'm for incidentally for those of you that haven't seen that, listeners, we are not talking about the CGI Clone Wars here. We're talking about no. like way, way, way before that. There was a 
well, it's now split up into two or three parts, I think, on Disney Plus. There yeah. was a cell animated Clone Wars. Um, yeah. It's fucking excellent. It's really, really good. Yes, it is. Um, it's been dug out of the closet for Disney Plus and they've blown the cobwebs off it. So if you haven't seen that, go back and watch it. Yeah. But we all owe, we owe all of that to Dexter's Lab. Cartoon Network pretty much owes its fucking existence to yeah. Dexter's Lab. This was what kicked it off. And if nothing else for me, what that means is that without this, we don't get Powerpuff Girls, which, you know, God, we did Powerpuff Girls probably three or four years ago now. So, listeners, if you yeah. want to hear my thoughts on that show, go back and dig that one out of the archives. Um, but since re-watching that, it's something I've watched on the reg. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's become a real firm favorite of mine. And that doesn't exist without Dexter's Lab. And back in the day, this was just a bit, like I say, a bit of knockabout fun. I didn't like it at first, and then I swung mm. back around to it because I was on the right level for it. And I remember everybody else, you know, of my age in my social group at that time liked it as well. So it was something that we would all watch. Um, but I think in going back to it now, it's one of those shows that hasn't lost anything. It's no better than I remember yeah. it being, but it's no worse than I remember it being either. Yeah. It's, it's every bit as good. And I think that's probably a stronger indicator of quality than even me going back and saying, oh, that was much better than I expected. Because yeah. that in itself says that I didn't like it very much in the first place. Whereas this yeah. has been consistently good for 20-odd years. 30-odd yeah. years. Yeah, 30-odd years coming yeah. up. Um, yeah. There's not many shows you can say that about. No, especially ones that haven't been rebooted or extended to the hell. You look at you look at stuff like Simpsons and Family Guy where they've run for so fucking long mm. that they've had to adapt. And because of that, you look at some of the early stuff and go, I, you, well, so with, with Simpsons, you look at the very early stuff and it's bollocks because it's not relatable. And, you know, they, and you've seen the evolution of the animation style and stuff like that. You've seen the evolution of the humans. When you go back to, you know, from season 32 back to season one, it looks like arse. And you, you know, same with South Park, same with Family, with Family Guy, and stuff like that. Because you see, you've you've seen that progression. With because you don't get that with this, you're looking. You know, there was a complete product, and actually looking at it, you know, because it's animated, and as, as we said, it's not it's not set in a particular period, so it doesn't date. No, actually, you can watch it now and think, actually, this is fine. It's yeah. not of its time, which we say with so many things. I know some of the the, um, the sensibilities and stuff like that. No, they're very much based in the eighties and the nineties and stuff like that. This doesn't necessarily have that because it's just, well, it's it was it's a it's a package and it's, it was done. And you think actually, yeah, this it's consistent. So as you, as you said, it hasn't grown on you, or you haven't you don't think more or less of it than you did when you watched it first off because it's just it is what it is. It's it's the same as it always has been. And I think that as you said, that's a great testament to it because it. It hasn't deteriorated, and you don't want you don't go away from it for twenty years. Come back to it, and go well. That was shit. Yeah. It it no. It 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 just doesn't. It doesn't have that. No, and I think you know. There's also when you actually delve back into it now, some thirty years later, and the quality's been consistent. And we we talked about the careers it's launched, hmm. but for I mean, for anybody that has a passing interest in this stuff, you know, as as we obviously do. It's one of those shows you can dive back into as well and it just instantly feels familiar because of not so much the careers it launched, but the old hands that they roped in here. You know, the voice yeah. cast is as strong as you'll find in any show. 
yeah. know, we, we when you actually read off the first few seasons, you know, you've got Christine yeah. Kavanaugh, you've got Frank Welker, you've got Kat Cressida, you've got Rob Paulson, you've got all of these voices that you've heard a yeah. million times doing their own thing. You know, yeah. just, just just they're putting a spin on it for these characters, but they're still very recognizably those voices. Yeah, um, yeah they are. And they're all a sign of quality, you know. It and and it just again, it's that Hanna Barbera kind of stamp. Yeah. And this is coming from somebody who I've said many, many times on this show. Like the old school Hanna Barbera stuff was not my bag, not my bag at all. But you know, spiritually, it ties through here. Then you stack that cast on top, who basically were everything at this point in animation. Yeah. And then you you just look at what your alternatives were, and there was just something lightning in a bottle about this, and yeah. it's just like it's it's retained that. It's almost like to you know to carry that analogy through. If it was lightning in the bottle, then what it's turned out to be is probably a fucking lithium battery because it just doesn't run out. Yeah, um, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. It's as good now as it was then. It's as entertaining as it was then. It's as funny as it was then. And it, yeah, it's just, it's a great show. Um, and it's one that, yeah, similar to um, to Super Ted that we were talking about, you know, last episode. It's not necessarily something that I'm going to be sat down thinking, Do you know what, I want to watch some Dexter's Lab. Um, yeah. But if, you know, equally, now that I've watched some of those shorts on YouTube, if all of a sudden they start dropping from my rotation, you know, if yeah. they start popping up on my, hey, watch this today, um, I won't turn them off and I'll, I'll enjoy yeah. them. You know, the episodes I've bought, yeah, you know, when I'm looking for something to do and I see them in my library, yeah, I'll give them a spin. And even if you don't watch the whole episode, you can yeah, watch 10 watch, minutes Watch of that it. segment. Yeah, exactly. And it's perfect for that. Um, yeah. We haven't even hit in the merchandise either. Like we talked about the effect no, this has. There's, yeah. there's Dexter's Lab everything as well. I certainly know I had a, a yeah. ring binder at one point. Um, this is as a 20-year-old man, mind you. <laughs> but I know I had a ring binder. Um, they were numerous video games. Dexter's appeared in numerous games as well that weren't his own. Yeah. I remember there were lots of like cartoon, especially back in the early aughts. There was like everything had a Mario Kart knockoff. There was a Cartoon yeah. Network one um there was everything at a smash brothers knockoff as well which was a cartoon network one so you know we talk about you know that this was maybe a little bit unassuming and we don't give enough credit but it was everywhere like back yeah. in its heyday people would recognize dexter and dd i think i'm not sure they would now if you put them in front of people like those those character designs are quite unique but i'm not sure if you put them in front of people they'd recognize dexter as dexter um no i mean uh, if they recognize Dexter, they, they probably wouldn't recognize anybody else. No, and yet I think Dee Dee stylistically um, would would go on to appear in just a, not the character, but just that style, yeah. that overly elongated, elastic legs and tiny little body and massive yeah. eyes would go on, especially within the Cartoon Network world, to become this is what a little girl looks like. Yeah. Um, well, if you if you go back to Hey Arnold, which was run a couple of weeks ago, if you you look at um, oh fuck, what was her name? The blonde girl. Helga. Helga. Yeah. You look at that as a prime example. You know, the, again, you have those very skinny bandy legs and the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the disproportionately long limbs, and then the big head that would probably snap her neck if her, if her body was actually you know, same as same as like an actual Barbie. If 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 it was in proportion on a human, the head would be too heavy for the neck and cause it to snap. Yeah. But yeah, very you no, know, very much based off this sort of style. And again, it's. I hadn't realized until sort of looking at it today and picking bits of, oh, fucking hell, I recognize that. And then piecing together where things came from. I hadn't realized how how big an impact this was, how significant this was. 
yeah it it changed i i'm not understating the or overstating this sorry listeners it changed the face of animation like it, it, this mm. this was a real cultural shift from what was to what then became the late 90s early aughts in terms of animated yeah. tv um and then we would come to shift again in some five six years um towards that more kind of japanime style all over again and the cycle yeah. would renew but this for a period of five or six years was what animation looked like you turned the tv yeah. on that you watching cartoon network stuff this the heavy line work and all of that this and it yeah it all starts here um and it's it's lovely to look at even now mm. you know we've mentioned yeah. a few times some of that like early nick stuff especially is quite hard on the eyes now those bright pastel colors and the sharp lines yeah. they're quite hard the extreme close-ups they, they don't look great um and in some yeah. cases they're, they're flat out ugly this always looks good it's primary colors yeah. it's thick lines like it, it'll never not look aesthetically pleasing so yeah. you know and, and it lends itself to characterizations and it lends itself importantly from a production standpoint to actually quite shoddy animation um, because of the thickness of the lines. It's not that this is bad by any stretch, yeah. but you don't yeah. have to animate every single frame when the lines are as thick as they are here. Yeah. So I see. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I as I say, when when it was first on, I say I, we didn't have the channel, so I, I dipped in and out when I was visiting cousins and stuff like that. And then I will have seen bits on SMTV, but used to play football and rugby and stuff on, on a weekend. So I didn't, I wasn't always around to see stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've come into it and gone, right. Okay. I didn't, wasn't really expecting much because I say it wasn't, wasn't my bad to begin with. I had some kind of scant memories of it and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've been really pleasantly surprised. And then as we've you know, gone into it, I've been doing some reading and something, watching more and more of it today, just to try and get, you know, get a flavor to do the show. I've I've amazed myself. I've I've been amazed as to how much of this I've seen in other shows over the last twenty years. So since this went off the air, yeah. I mean this this they stopped making the episodes in two thousand three, yeah. and you wouldn't know because it's still everywhere. I say it's in everything you watch. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, in the same way, you know. I mean, same same studio. So the the comparison is probably not as out there as it seems. But in the same mm. way that the Flintstones was still everywhere. 30 years later yeah. you know when when you got to the late 80s early 90s and we were getting the simpsons and we were getting later family guy and all of those yeah. this this had an impact i think on that level because you do still yeah. see it now um and and you certainly wouldn't have half of the animated content you have now were it not for this i, I mean talent will out i'm a firm believer of that you know yeah. these people were talented they would have got their break somewhere else but they wouldn't necessarily be at the stage of their career that they are now were yeah. they not able to have got those breakers. And and let's not forget, you know, these people that we're talking about when I say they started here, they're in their early 20s here. Yeah. You know, so so these people started early and that allows them to get where they are today and yeah. still be relevant and produce shows at the highest level and movies that are raking bank in like Hotel Transylvania, whether yeah. you like it or not, you know. Because they started so young, and so they're still culturally relevant today. Um, yeah, we owe a hell of a lot to Dexter and to Dexter's Lab. We we owe all of yeah. it to that tiny little crazy, affected Eastern European American kid. <laughs> like, yeah. 
and and we haven't even talked about that just the the sheer invention and and the joy of that of like he's clearly not germanic everybody's yeah. american he's doing that on purpose yeah like he's putting that voice on yeah, that I in itself I, is um, funny yeah i think i read something from um tartakovsky where he said that yeah he's it's just they wanted it wanted him to be that a parody of that stereotypical mad mad Eastern European scientist. So it's a generic accent. Mm. But as I said, he's no, he's he's from an American family. The rest of his family sounds generic and as hell. And yeah, it's just it's 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 an affectation because he wants no. That's what he wants to be. He wants to be this 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 genius. Yeah, it, it's it, <laughs> it just gives an extra level again to that the, yeah. the thought that's gone into these characters who on the surface yeah. are very simple. And if you think about it in terms of the performance, that putting on what is actually quite a thick generic accent mm. and having that as your central character, that's for a performer, that's good, that, that makes it unnecessarily difficult. It does. But, but then... it's done so well and it, it's executed so well that actually you don't notice it. But no, if, you, if, no, if, if, you're, if you're a voice actor, you're thinking, fuck, I've not, got, I've not come up with this pseudo-Bavarian, nasally, whiny child's voice. When I could just be doing a kid on The Simpsons, and you look at that as a challenge, you think, "Fucking hell, that's that's a big job to do." Yeah, but I mean, that's why you get Christine Kavanagh, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a big challenge. It's a huge challenge um, to to keep that up consistently. Yeah. Must be difficult, but that's why yeah, that's why you get off. professionals in. You know. Um, yeah, I've not got much more to say other than. It's like what an amazing show, like it really yeah. is. What what an amazing show, and one that, as I say, is so unassuming. Even even as a kid, it washed over me for the first couple of years, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not sure that's really for me." And yeah. the more you go back to it, and the more you realise what we owe to this just yeah. silly little show. Really, it's a bunch of nonsense. It's four seasons of nonsense, but yeah. it's executed really, really well. Um, to the point where. And, and as I say, quality and talent will out, and that, this is this is testament yeah. to that. Here we are now, some almost thirty years later, still talking about it, um, and and still yeah. seeing it on our screens. Not the actual show, but the legacy of the show, um, yeah. and the actual show. Like I say, it's got a fucking YouTube channel full of clips, like yeah. an official one. So it's still out there. There's still demand for it. It's yeah. still uh, in the fifteen in the, um, quid a season to buy. Yeah, on in the US, it's uh, it's on Prime as well, and no, I mean. With no, certainly with with not so much with, well, I should say with Netflix now as well because they've started culling content as well. But certainly with Amazon, if it's not performing, they'll take it off. Yeah, and uh, the fact that as of June it was still on, uh, it, yeah, where are we on June? Yeah, as, as of the start of June, it was still on um, Prime in the US. Now that again, that now that shows it, it's doing it's doing well enough that people are still watching it because otherwise it wouldn't be there. No, no, it wouldn't. So yeah. But, um, I would, I'd be really interested to know what people thought of this because it's, it's one of those, as you said, it wasn't, it wasn't your big water cooler TV, you know, TV show for, you know, for, for kids of our generation. It just kind of flew under the radar and just, it just sort of became, it was just, it was just there. Mm. And I'd love to know what people's recollections are and what people thought of it then and what people are thinking of it now. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, I've been really pleasantly surprised at the quality of it and how well it stands up, let's say 27 years later. Um, but yeah, as, as always, I um, encourage you to get in touch on Twitter at SMPDPod. Uh, you go to our website, ddpodcast.net, where you can also get our previous episodes, some of which we've mentioned, um, and our other shows as well. 
on Facebook and YouTube with the Double Down Podcast Network. Wherever you get your podcasts from, subscribe, leave some message, we'll get back to you as best we can. Until next time, see you later. There is gloom and doom while things go boom in Texas. Love.